I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to your life-changing wellness episode 19. Today, we talk with Cha-Cha Sun, why men are happier than women, how to boost your happy hormones. So stay tuned for this life-changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's life-changing wellness. Life-changing wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Well, welcome everyone. Before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for your wonderful rating and review, and I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guest today is Cha-Cha Sun, a menopause expert and former career pharmaceutical executive turned women's health entrepreneur. As the CEO and founder of the women's health company, Damiva, she loves inventing natural products for women over 35. And her products address vaginal health issues after childbirth, hysterectomy, cancer, and menopause. And she is a speaker on vaginal and menopausal health and is passionate about why it's so important to break down the taboos surrounding talking about women's health issues as well as the men's view of women's hormonal health. Well, please welcome my guest today, Cha-Cha Sun. Thank you so much, Ward. So excited to be here. Well, I'm excited because I'm absolutely a little uh, intrigued, I will say, as to why men are happier than women and how to boost the happy hormones. And I'm thinking that we're going to boost the happy hormones in women today. <laughs> that's right. That's that's <laughs> our goal. And, uh, and uh, I hate to admit it, Ward, but you are happier than <laughs> really? Really? Okay. Well, I, I try to be, but, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, moodiness can step in, but uh, sometimes I kind of relate that to, uh, maybe I should relate it to hormonal. Can, now, can men say or blame it, oh, uh, I'm hormonal today, but that just doesn't really sound correct. Well, you know, just um, overall, I think it, it's important to just sort of highlight what the trends are, and these are trends that are defined by the general social survey going back to the 1970s. So in the 1970s, just as a baseline, women were happier than men. And the last point for which we have data about 10 years ago, women as a baseline are less happy than men. And these are studies of over a million people across different countries all over the world And so what that means is over the last 40 years, somehow that has split. Men are, uh, on average, happier than women. And uh, and I think that, you know, hormones have obviously a lot to do with it, I believe. But I think the other aspect of it is that uh, women have a lot more pressures and a, a lot more going on than we did 40 years ago. I believe that. I believe that. I mean, do you think uh, women maybe being less happy today than they were, let's say, like you said, back in the 1970s? You know, men, it's basically, you know, being the producer, being career-minded their whole life. Women are looking at, you know, uh, possible childbirth, uh, career, uh, possibly being a, a a single parent, and the list goes on. So you think? So I, in a way, I'll, I'm going to agree with you that there are more pressures on women today than there are for men. That's right, and I think you know something too that's been fairly consistent is that uh, you know while you know while women generally are less happy than men, we do know that 
women in our 20s, we start out happier than men. But then over time, we become less happy. So we start out happy, and then over time, we become less happy. And men start out, you know, less happy than us, and then become happier over time. And and where those two lines meet is actually at age 48. So at age 48, men and women are about the same in terms of happiness. And then over time, uh, women become less happy as we age, and men become happier as you age, and that's why I say, Ward, I think you're happier than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so well, well, let's look at let's look at this as uh, strictly a hormonal issue because I know that we're talking about hormones today, and a lot of my listeners they really gravitate to the hormonal issue. I know that uh, you and I have done a past interview, and I will say this to all of my listeners: it's still one of the most popular interviews on life changing wellness because, well, hormonal health is very important and people can physically, if not mentally, feel the changes when the hormonals start to take an upward turn or even a downward turn. That's right. And so, um, you know, so I think that it's not a coincidence that that, you know, the crossover happens at about age 48. And uh, I'm 48 right now. And, um, and as a late, you know, perimenopausal woman who likely will go into menopause within a couple of years, um, if you base it on uh, when my mother went into menopause at about age 51, then um, I will also go into menopause uh, at age 51. And uh, these years, I think, are some of the most turbulent uh, that we have as women. I know my hormones, and I track them on a daily basis by you know trying to understand what my symptoms are as related to my ever-changing menstrual cycle. I know that my hormones are in flux pretty much every day, and all the hormonal testing done on older women versus younger women shows the same. Basically, whether we ovulate or not, our hormones are, our ovaries are trying to push out those eggs, and as a result, our hormones go into major fluctuation. And so, hormonal balance in the, especially I think in the 40s leading into the 50s, and I think it's mid-40s leading into the 50s is really key for women because we need to try and understand, you know, how to uh, get control of them. Well, you know, it's amazing because you, you list the age of 48 and, and what's racing through my mind at this time is thinking about, hypothetically, you know, let's say a, a, a career woman, the age of 48, she's really getting into the peak of the career, mm-hmm. uh and then at the same time, the hormones really start to make this major shift. And if there's anything, you know, you know, the children are probably getting older, you know, at 48, not necessarily that they've left home yet, but there's a lot of changes within in that uh, lifespan of a woman that mentally she's focused on something, but now the hormones are setting, the hormonal changes are setting in and disrupting it all. And now I can see why she's not that happy. That's right. That's right. So imagine, you know, exactly that. Um, these days, uh, a lot of women are having uh, children at an older age. So, uh, you know, so uh, I have one out of the house and I have one still at home. And she, the one at home, is 16 and going through her own hormone flex while I'm going through my hormone flex. 
<laughs> yeah, one so, up and one down, right? <laughs> one up and one down, right? So we have our own tension, and um, you know, and then it just you know fatigue sets in, you know, bodily changes set in, and it's very very easy to you know uh, to feel down, right? I certainly have days where I will wake up and I'm having extreme hormone flux, and I think, wow, I just want to go back to bed. Um, and I'm not that type of person. Um, but then I tell myself, wait a sec, this is just a hormone flex. I'll get through it. It'll go away whether it's two hours or two days. It'll go away, and it, and it does. And so I think, you know, especially at this age, we need to, you know, put together our own program to balance our hormones. And something that happens um, uh, quite often with women is that we have estrogen surges. Yes. And so we have excess estrogen in our system. And um, and so, you know, I think that, um, you know, how I work on controlling that is by uh, eating uh, more vegan than I ever thought I would. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm really starting to understand why people are leaning uh, very strongly towards a plant-based diet and, you yeah. know, the... And it's not just the research that I see that is positive. I'm actually talking to people like on this show who are vegan and it you can actually tell how much happier, how much more energy they have, more clearer minded. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I get it. And uh, for 2018, you know, maybe I should do vegan. So so V is uh, V is for vegan. You know, for for me, it's usually been vaginal dryness, but I agree. I think 2018 might be vegan for me. <laughs> well, well, what can women do individually to actually increase their happiness as women? So, um, you know, so I think we all need to create our own program, and um, and of course, a lot of it depends on our, you know, on our physiology. Most women, I believe, will have excess estrogen. So, you know, excess estrogen um, does get. Um, Padded onto our body parts, you know the 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 back, the breast, the abdomen, and that's that's estrone, the type of estrogen that our abdominal fat, you know, loves to keep on. And so what's happening is essentially, you know, we our body shapes change because we get more abdominal fat. And I, I do believe a vegan a diet helps with that because, uh, you know. Not only are you, you know, reducing your saturated fat, but you're also, and I think it has to be a sugar, sugar, you know, oh, low yeah. sugar vegan diet, right? Well, sure, because I know that, uh, you know, as both men and women get older, you know, glucose metabolism changes, and when exactly. the hormones change, I know with men, you know, if the testosterone levels start to, to dip, then they start to gain weight in the middle. So it's directly right. related to glucose intolerance, and I believe the same thing can happen for women. Exactly, and it does. And so, so that helps because essentially it also helps flush the excess estrogen out of our gut. And, um, and I find vegan diets hard uh, because they're, it's more time-consuming to prepare, yes. you know, sort of a delicious, you know, healthy meal. So... What I try and do is I try and eat it at dinner time, you know, when I have time, um, or I'll pick up something, you know, at lunch. But you know, I prefer, you know, prefer not to if I can. Um, but you know, I think that that it's important, you know, over time that we flush out that excess um, estrogen. I think exercising 
you know, becomes even more important and, you know, and um, harder than ever. Uh, you know, I used to be the sort of person who could just, you know, get out of work, drive in my car, go straight to spin class, you know, uh, come home, make dinner and like do all those sorts of things. But I find that, you know, just getting out to exercise is a lot harder because, you know, I have more fatigue. As you said, I'm busier than ever, you know, work-wise with kids um, and, you know, and partners. And so it just becomes, you know, becomes a really, really busy time when, yeah, self-care is more important. So exercising is really important. Well, do you think that uh, because of the hormonal changes, especially in women, start to change around 40, 41, that uh, adrenal health needs to be addressed uh, more strongly now? A hundred percent, because as our ovaries are shutting down, our adrenal glands take over. So we definitely tend to, you know, um, spike that cortisol and get into more fight or flight situations. You know, I think we, you know, uh, there's certainly been um, more and more written um, and discussed about perimenopausal anger. And I certainly am guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody's guilty of that. (laughs) I think everybody is. I mean, look at the world today. I think everybody's guilty of that one way or another. So so everybody Um, needs better adrenal health and chill out. (laughs) That's right. And so, yes, for sure, adrenal health is is key. And um, and what I found is that um, just, you know, if, if I stick to my routine, which is, you know, healthy eating, vegan as much as possible, exercising when I know I need to exercise, you know, that can definitely help with a majority of symptoms. I think the the other aspect of having, you know, happy hormones essentially is ensuring that, you know, we're sexually active. Uh, that is really key because, you know, as we're, um, as we're losing our hormones, you know, routine intercourse or masturbation, you know, will essentially help us generate those hormones that are, are really important um, to our happiness, you know, as we're aging. And then something, of course, that, you know, changes is that uh, the desire arousal switch changes. And, you know, you've heard me talk about that mm-hmm. word. And, um, and, you know, so how we approach you know, um, intercourse, I think, has to be from a, not just a sexual health perspective, but also a pelvic health perspective, because it's really important that over time we maintain our pelvic health, and that will also keep us happy. Of course. Well, let me me ask you this, because you bring up pelvic health, and I know that uh, you have created a a women's health company called Demiva, and you have a couple of products that actually address vaginal health, uh, can I explain uh, those to our listeners for us? Sure. So um, so the company is Demiva, which is a combination of dame and diva. And that's because sometimes I feel like a dame and other days I feel like a diva. <laughs> and um, the two products are called May, inspired by May West, and Cleo, inspired by Cleopatra. And May is a suppository that is used as a moisturizer every few days just to maintain moisture. Think about it like using um, a wrinkle cream for your face, very similar. And Cleo is a labial external cream 
And we created uh, Clio because many of our customers asked us for Clio and whatnot. Really? Yeah, and uh, that's because not uh, the tissues also are external as well as internal, and the dryness, um, you know, uh, is essentially, you know, it continues um, externally. So, um, you know, so our goal is that women use these products uh, before they're having problems because um, once problems start with dryness and painful intercourse, it's so easy for our pelvic muscles to be trained to, um, which is completely natural, which would be, you know, to train, be like, uh, to, you know, basically clench and be trained, um, you know, to feel that intercourse is painful. Well, right. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, women are uh, recommended to do the Kegel exercises, and if they don't, then you're losing muscle tone internally, basically. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it's not just muscle tone, it's circulation oh, um, and so, for older what? women. And, um, and it's also uh, sort of, it's also the kind of mind-body signaling whereby, you know, if intercourse is painful, then, you know, of course we'll avoid it. Oh, well, uh, yeah, and that makes perfect sense. Well, let me ask you this, because since we're on that subject, what should men be mindful of with respect to a woman's happiness? So I really think that, um, you know, men need to uh, be very embracing of women as we're aging. You know, so I'm very lucky and, um, you know, and grateful that, you know, my partner, Gardner, uh, tells me every day, you know, you're beautiful, you're more beautiful than ever, I love you, I love you more than ever, and he embraces uh, me and you know everything about me as I age, and that well, yeah. makes me happy. Well, yeah, it also yeah. Uh, you know brings forth uh, a reinforcement of of self self worth and you know and what he and what you mean to him. That's right, and that's right. And so imagine you know uh, the world we would have if men you know just turned to their women you know to their um, you know female partners. And, or just, you know, it could be your mother, it could be your grandmother, it could be your aunt, right? And, uh, you know, imagine, um, you know, if she was given a compliment about herself, you know, and related to her aging, right? Uh, I think, you know, I think that, you know, the paradigm around, you know, around, you know, happiness and aging needs to really change in many ways. Um, I, you know, of course, I believe that our society needs to structure, um, you know, the workplace and uh, childcare and uh, things like that for uh, women in a much better way, right? Giving, I think, giving flexible hours is mandatory for a working mother. Oh, um, I completely yeah. agree with that because you know, you know, men they w- they wake up, they go to work, they come home. And with women, it's a whole different deal, especially if it's a it's a especially if if they are a working mother. Yeah. And so you know, in a way, it's probably you know three to four jobs versus one. And <laughs> uh, and, and, and you know, and I, I'm probably simplifying it a bit, but in reality, it's really true. But I want to kind of go back a step here because you've brought something up that's very very important for everyone, and that's positive affirmations that, you know, we need to tell our better half 
uh, more positive things because that does reinforce the relationship uh, in many ways, uh, physically, mentally, even spiritually. We need to look at those types of things. And, uh, you know, what can we do as an overall society to improve this situation? Well, I, so I do believe that, you know, structuring infrastructure for women is, is key. I think women then, um, we have a responsibility to ourselves and to the people that we love to maintain our own health and our hormonal health as we're going through this flux and this eventual decline. And that's a lot of work, right? It's work that we never sort of had to do in the past, right? Oh, yeah. Before it was so easy to for me to jump on a spin bike, and now I have to really push myself hard, you know, to jump on a spin bike. You know, we have to maintain our pelvic health. We have to look at it as a health, you know, issue, not as, you know, not as uh, something that, you know, is just about intimacy. Right. right. And so, you know, maintaining our hormones, I think we need to, you know, reinforce um, our happiness with our partners so that they reinforce their happiness with us. And, you know, and I think all of those things are work, right? Because, um, you know, they're, they're things that we have to change, you know, about society, about ourselves personally, and, you know, and possibly, you know, with our partners, because, you know, it's, it's very easy to take the other for granted in both, in both directions, right? And, oh, sure. you know, and not reinforce. So I always have a, a really straightforward trick, I think, you know, a lot of positive psychology, always says that, you know, essentially, uh, you need to have six positive messages for every one negative message you give. So, you know, Ah, if you feel, yeah, so if you feel if you're in a bad mood and you've just said three negative things, you need to say 18 positive things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll wipe out the three negatives really, really quick. Well, something (laughs) something popped into my mind, Cha-Cha, because... You know, you, when you were talking about pelvic health, most women think about pelvic health once a year when they go see their OBGYN. But, you know, when you've created your company, Demiva, you're actually bringing it to the forefront that it needs to be addressed daily. 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 Uh, whether it's uh, incontinence, whether it's just breathing, you know. Um, so men and women, if we're breathing properly, when we breathe in, our pelvic floor drops. But I always do these informal surveys, and most people, especially type A people, when we breathe in, our pelvic floor rises, so we have to retrain our pelvic floor. So, you know, there's so much that needs to be done in that arena. Uh, And here in Canada, pelvic health physiotherapy has only been licensed, you know, as as a professional segment in the last sort of five years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we've only been thinking about pelvic health physiotherapy for five years. Well, you're a trailblazer yeah. then. <laughs> well, Seriously. You know, yeah, I mean, you're the only one that I know that's actually bringing this whole conversation about vaginal health to the forefront and really removing the taboo. And uh, don't you feel that women are actually like, wait a minute, I think there's an area that I do need to pay attention to. Thank you. Well, you know, we try, um, but here's you know, here's sort of an interesting statistic I'm going to throw at you because it was sort of very new to me and um, came out of, uh, you know, a lot of campaigns that we did. So our highest conversion rates are actually between 
ages 25 and 44 and ages 65 plus. So even though we're actually uh, aggressively targeting women 45 to 64, we're finding that uh, they're not as engaged with our message as younger women and older women. Now, why do you think that is? The taboo. <laughs> really? So, well, I guess the younger set, they're, they're open to, you know, uh, new information, new ideas, I guess is what I'll call it. And then I'm really surprised on the ones over 65 would, would actually be open to hearing more. Well, you know, I have a theory, which is the ages of 45 to 64 are highly um, flex-oriented. So, um, so essentially, um, most ex- experts do believe that even though our hormones are in decline, that we're still experiencing flux, you know, possibly even up to age 65. So it would make sense that after age 65, when your hormones have stopped flexing, fluctuating up and down, that, you know, that you're like, oh, well, I, you know, you start thinking about how to address these issues. Well, aren't a lot of women between the ages of 45 and 64, don't they actually deny that they're in a menopausal state of some sort? Yes, yes. That's that's a great point. Um, when we did our survey with grandparents.com, women in that age group, um, uh, it was actually uh, 40, 45, you know, all the way, you know, up to 80s, um, 52% of them um said that they weren't in perimenopause or menopause yet by the age category. Nearly most of them would be in perimenopause or menopause. I find that absolutely mind-boggling, to tell you the truth, because a lot of women that I know, they're, I guess in a way they, they're trying to deny it or maybe, or be, not deny it, maybe being in denial because it is a major sign of aging and nobody wants to be aging. That's right, and I think that's why it's so important to reinforce, you know, positive messages to, um, you know, to women about aging, because, um, you know, because it really has to start with, uh, you know, with women embracing who we are, and then, you know, making changes. To, you know, something. I'll be on a panel actually uh, next year in uh, in LA, and what we're going to be talking about is portraying older women in media, because right now we have, you know, 22-year-olds portraying 14-year-olds, and we have 45-year-olds acting as grandmothers. And if we don't get age-appropriate actresses portraying women of all ages, then we're just going to reinforce, you know, uh, the unnatural norm. Well, you know, I never really thought about that. It really kind of brings in a a, a false message, and you know, in the the television and film viewing public, they're not stupid, and you know, they see these uh, the ages of actors and actresses trying to play roles that technically they shouldn't be playing. That's you know, right. Because, you know, because we all look at film and television, and you know, if the storyline is more true to life, then we want the characters to be more true to life to the time period or to the to the age group. That's right. And so I think, you know, those are some of the structural, you know, changes that need to be made. And then, you know, and then hopefully over time we will reverse those trends and women will end up happier than men like we started out. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> so. And, and, and Chacha, I want to thank you so much for coming on to Life Changing Wellness today. And ladies and gentlemen, check out 
uh, her products, especially you ladies out there. Go to Demiva.com. Check out those products. They are fantastic. They are natural. Uh, you'll learn more than you'll ever need to know, but te- technically, you want to know. So, again, Chacha, thank you again for coming on for an amazing discussion. Uh, I am so pleased, and I know that the listeners will be blessed with all of this information as well. And remember, everyone, to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Bond. Again, if I can ask you a favor, take 30 seconds, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, leave us a kind comment so we can attract more people like you to the show, which is the only way we can grow it and reach more people and to bless more people with better health. So you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com and again, my show page at radiomd.com slash drbond or iTunes for all of my episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life-Changing Wellness. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. Have a blessed and healthy day.